Well, hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Realm of Unknown. And I'm your host, Shane. And uh, today we've got a rather interesting episode to discuss. Um, it's definitely a bit different than what we're used to when it comes to episodes. And uh, trying to keep that theme running for a little bit, especially during this month being our, you know, month back from hiatus and everything. But before we get into it, I do want to have a quick little announcement uh, for anyone who is unaware of the Patreon, which is, you know, Patreon slash Rumble Unknown. There's a few more additional pieces of content that are being uploaded throughout this month, specifically a... Uh, a sort of tour footage that I found uh, within one of my old hard drives uh, in which I am doing my first visit to Eastern State Penitentiary and the full out commentary of that whole visit. Um, it's roughly about 30 to 40 minutes long and I split it into two episodes. The first one is already up and live for you to view and the second one will be uploaded later on this week. So be sure to go check that out if you are interested. I know it's kind of weird with everything being shut down so it might be kind of neat to see you know the inside of eastern state especially if you aren't able to actually physically be there okie doke so for today's episode we have what is known as the havana syndrome so if people are you know following the news and everything you probably are aware that this was in a recent article i believe through business insider and then eventually picked up through other sources of media and it was sort of just an update due to more evidence and more studies being conducted for this phenomena. And the way I'm kind of going through this, uh, I want to give a sort of general overview first. And then I'm going to sort of break down essentially a timeline of the events. Uh, you don't really see a full out timeline when it comes to piled information. It's probably not going to be perfect. Just bear with me. But I figured it'd be kind of a little bit of an interesting way to sort of look at it as if it was unfolding in real time. Because I definitely do remember this story breaking. I just completely fell off the face with it uh, until recently. And I was like, oh yeah, that was actually a thing that happened a few years back. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be structuring it in that way. And without further ado, we'll let us dive into the Havana Syndrome. So the Havana Syndrome is a set of medical signs and symptoms that were experienced by United States and Canadian embassy staff while located in Cuba. So they're within the United States and uh, Canadian embassies within the country of Cuba. Blah, blah, blah. And this all sort of this whole story broke on August of uh, 2017 when the reports first surfaced of both diplomatic uh, staff and personnel suffering a variety of strange health problems. Now, the reports themselves of the of the health issues date back into late 2016. However, the story itself didn't really pick up traction until much later into 2017. So the US government accused Cuba of essentially attacking the diplomats with this weird symptoms that they were experiencing and uh they weren't very specific with it and the u.s reduced staff to these industry to these embassies to pretty much their bare minimum they pulled out everyone that they could they made sure that no one that was uh unneeded there could be there and therefore get sick because again a lot of random people were just getting having these random illnesses and uh no one knew what was going on in 2018, uh, the U.S. diplomats in China also re uh, reported a very similar problem to those in Cuba, and I will report on that later in the episode once we get into 2018. It's a small snippet, but it's something to note. And uh, even the CIA was getting involved because apparently uh, operatives and agents from other countries uh, were also negotiating with countries such as Russia in order to sort of figure this stuff out. Within this whole time frame, again from 2017 onwards till now, a lot of studies have also been conducted, uh, both from the United States, from Canada, China, Cuba, Russia, everyone who's now getting involved, and a lot of articles and journals have also picked up on it. Most recently, the most uh, current news of this, and therefore why I felt it was a cool time to talk about this subject, was in December of this year, this exact month. When a new study has been released from experts in a committee of the U.S. National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine, 
in which they were commissioned by the State Department to release their own sort of findings or conclusions as to what this mysterious symptoms uh, or, or illness or whatever this is might be. And so without a further ado, that's a general, generalized summary, very sparknote type thing. Now we're going to move into the timeline. So to begin the timeline again, I'm going to sort of lump 2016 and 2017 together because a lot of the public stuff comes from 2017, but the initial reports come from 2016. There are going to be a few segments here and there in which uh, future dates are mentioned just due to the fact that the overall subject matter being discussed somewhat carries over into another year. But for the most part, I have divided them up between the 2016-2017 year, 2018-2019, and of the most recent reports within this year. So as we mentioned, in August of 2017, the reports began to surface that American and Canadian diplomats uh, within Cuba were experiencing unusual and unexplained health problems dating back into 2016. The number of American citizens experiencing symptoms was at 26 as of June 2018. Some U.S. Embassy individuals had experienced lasting health issues, including uh, an unidentified diplomat who said he is now unable to hear uh, without a hearing aid. And the State Department declared that the health problems were either the result of a unknown attack of some form or due to the exposure of a yet unknown device. They've also sort of declared that uh, the Cuban government was to blame, but at the same time they weren't. It was a very subtle nod of being like, hey, you're probably the culprit, but we're not going to announce anything. Uh, but ultimately, publicly facing, uh, they did not fully announce a specific suspect in the case. Affected individuals described symptoms such as hearing loss, memory loss, and nausea. And early speculations centered around the idea of a potential sonic weapon, with many researchers pointing out that uh, infrasound could be a potential cause with all those symptoms. The health problems typically had a very sudden effect, and the victim would suddenly begin hearing strange sort of grating sounds, a sort of, you know, white noisy type thing, and they would perceive as coming to a specific direction, like they... they sort of felt as though it was coming from somewhere specifically. Some of them experienced it as a pressure or as a vibration, while others had the sensation comparable to driving a car with the windows rolled partially down. The duration of these noises ranged from anywhere from you know, 20 seconds to 30 seconds, in some cases a tiny bit longer. However, this always happened while the diplomats were either at home or in a hotel room. So this specifically did not happen while they were at the embassies, but it was while they were working at the embassies. Others who were actually nearby the uh, staff members, particularly uh, family members and guests within the neighboring rooms of the hotels in this case, they did not report hearing anything. Uh, very much so, it seemed to be a very targeted attempt. Uh, only the people who actually you are afflicted by this disease or this illness or whatever this was were the only people who actually had any experiences of the un you know strange unknown sound that they were all hearing. The Associated Press also released during this time what is said to be a recording of the sound of from embassy workers that heard it while at Cuba. I do not have that sound to play for you. However, if you are curious to look for it, I will try to find it and post it in the show note links. So we're sticking to August 2017 at this point, and the, US, uh, the United States expelled two Cuban diplomats in response to this illness. And then a month later in September, the United States State Department stated that it had removed non-essential staff members from the embassies, as we mentioned earlier, and had warned U.S. citizens not to travel to Cuba at this time. Interestingly enough, another similar incident had actually been reported uh, by the U.S. AID employee in the U.S. Embassy over in, uh, I want to pronounce this wrong, <laughs> Tashkent in Uzbekistan. This was actually reported within the same month of uh, September 2017. The employee supposedly reported this illness to the U.S. State Department. However, the U.S. State Department sort of discounted the claim, 
But keep in mind at this point, we're now within two specific countries who are now experiencing the similar thing, if not the same thing, Cuba and Uzbekistan. A month later, in October, Donald Trump is quoted as saying, I do believe Cuba's responsible, I do believe that, and it's a very unusual attack, as you know, but I do believe Cuba is responsible, in all his beautiful alliteration. So at the very least, the acting president at that time, uh, again, this is within 2017, so it's been about a year within his uh, presidency, and already these attacks are sort of happening. So the Cuban government offered uh, to cooperate with the United States in an investigation of the incidents, and it actually employed up to 2,000 scientists and law enforcement officials to interview up to 300 neighbors of the diplomats. So again, this were the people that uh, they concluded did not hear the sounds. They also examined two hotels that were having uh, a lot of the diplomats stay in them, and also uh, medically examined non-diplomats who had experienced uh, exposure to the strange sound. So these would just be staffers or other individuals working in the embassies. NBC reported that Cuban officials stated that they had analyzed uh, air and soil samples and considered a range of toxic chemicals as a potential culprit for the mysterious illness. They also examined the possibility of electromagnetic waves that were to blame, and even looked into whether insects could possibly be the culprit. However, they didn't find anything too conclusive or anything that could actually link to the claimed symptoms. The FBI and Cuban authorities met to discuss the situation during the, this time period, and uh, the Cubans stated that the U.S. neither agreed or shared, or I should say, neither agreed to share the diplomats' medical reports with Cuban authorities, uh, nor allowed Cuban investigators access to the U.S. diplomats' house to conduct tests. So at this point in the game, it's very much the Cubans doing the investigations. They're, we're really not getting involved too heavily when it comes to sort of figuring this out. Again, it was very much at this stage... People assuming and pointing fingers at the Cubans and the Cuban government as being the culprits to the attack overall. But it is interesting to note, and this will be something that comes up later as time develops, uh, that the U.S. government, in our case, is not very forthcoming when it comes to handling this sort of collection of information. So at this point in time, we are moving into 2018, and in January, the Associated Press reported that non-public FBI report found that no evidence of interference, uh, or I should say there was no evidence of any initial sonic attack to be the cause of this illness. And furthermore, in November of this same year, the report from uh, the New Yorker found that the FBI investigation into the incident was... Uh, was stifled with conflict um, with the CIA and also the State Department, uh, showing that there was actually a lot of strange infighting and just arguing between all these departments and organizations. The CIA was reluctant to reveal anything, really. Even the other U.S. government agencies, or I should say even to the other government agencies, the identities of those affected by this specifically when the CIA got involved earlier with the sort of collection of evidence. They were not really willing to share it with the other organizations. And this was due to, quote-unquote, their belief of a potential leak of information. But it's questionable as to if that was even a factor at this point in time. And it should also be noted uh, that a rather large hindrance with this case, particularly here in the United States was due to uh, the privacy of medical information, which everyone has the right to. However, when it comes to trying to discern a mysterious illness affecting people abroad, it's sort of hard to come to a conclusion if you don't actually know what is happening to the people. Uh, so moving back into the beginning of 2018, uh, the director, or I should say, with direction of Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, uh, the Department of State convened an accountability review board with the incident. 
which is, quote, an internal State Department mechanism to review the security incidents involving diplomatic personnel. And uh, the retired United States uh, ambassador to Lebanon, or Leb, oh, Libya, I don't know why I'm pronouncing that weird. Um, <laughs> the retired United States ambassador to Libya, Peter uh, Bodie, was chosen in order to lead this sort of review board, essentially. So two months later, in March, uh, specifically March 2nd of 2018, the United States Department, uh, or should I say the U.S. State Department, announced that it would continue to staff its embassy in Havana at the minimum level requirement to perform. It is quoted as saying, core diplomatic and uh, consular functions are the only necessary things at this current moment due to the ongoing concerns of health attacks for the staff. So at this point, we're in March of 2018. It had been public as of August of 2017, and reports were going on late 2016. So they're still keeping it pretty hush. The embassy had been operating under, quote, ordered departure status since September of the this year, or I should say September of last year. But the status has been set to expire, and then they continued it, essentially, within 2018. So within the same month, again, we're in March of 2018, MRI scans and other tests taken by the chief neurologist in Pittsburgh on the unspecified number of Canadian diplomats showed evidence of brain damage that mirrored the injuries of some American counterparts uh, that, that, I should say, some American counterparts were facing. This is notable due to the fact that we're having to study the Canadian people who were affected, not the American people at this point, uh, but that does slightly change later on. So coming into the spring of 2018, the Global Affairs Canada uh, ended family postings in Cuba and withdrew all staff from these families. Several of the Canadians who had been impacted in 2017 were reporting to still be unable to resume their work due to their illnesses continuing as of now. The severity of the reports pretty much have been keeping them out of work for almost a full year, if not longer. So that sort of just goes to show how badly affected some of these people were. Within the same month, again, we are now still in March, Kevin Fu uh, and a team of computer scientists from the University of Michigan Reported in a study on ultrasound specifically, oh god, I'm not going to be able to pronounce all this scientific stuff. (laughs) Ultrasound specifically for intermodulation distortion from multiple and audible ultrasonic signals. Okay, I don't know what any of that means. I'm sure that might mean from, I, I, I can't discern that fully, um... Essentially from malfunctioning or improperly placed Cuban surveillance equipment that could have been the origin. So, okay, uh, let me see if I can decipher that. Essentially thinking that if there was equipment put into the embassies that may have been malfunctioning in such a way to cause said illnesses. This is sort of similar, I guess, to how uh, EMF fields work. Sim- like, if you're similar, if you're familiar with ghost hunting... EMF is, you know, electric magnetic fields, and in a lot of cases, people theorize that they are responsible for spirit activity. However, it has also been reported and studied and found out that EMFs alone can cause you to sort of hallucinate in a sense. Uh, They can put you at unease. Uh, They can make you feel sort of as if someone's like there, that sensation of being watched, uh, sort of a sensation of dread, anxiety, especially if it is much heavier and very extreme. So uh, maybe this is the similar case that potentially some sort of equipment is to blame, but they didn't actually come to conclusion as to what, if any. So at the request of the U.S. government, uh, University of Pennsylvania researchers examined 21 affected diplomats. Again, uh, I believe up to 2018, there were 26 specifically within the U.S. So they're looking into at least 21 of them. Uh, So there's five missing. Uh, And a preliminary result of this research was published in the Journal of American Medical Associates, or JAMA, uh, in March of 2018. The report found no evidence of white matter trace anomalies, 
Uh, it affected diplomats beyond what has been seen in the control group of the same age. I believe when they refer to white matter, this is referring to the brain, not like, you know, dark matter particle type stuff. Uh, this is specifically talking about the brain, I believe, with white and gray matter. Okay, where were we? Uh, and describes a new syndrome in the diplomats that resembled persistent concussions. So the evidence that they're seeing within the brain activity is close to what damage you might see from someone who had received a concussion at the time. So it's interesting to note, or I should say it's interesting to note that we're actually seeing physical accountability or, or, or research into what is actually causing this at this point now. Uh, again, we're now in 2018. Seems a little long to eventually get to it. Okay, so the study concluded that, quote, the diplomats appear to have sustained injuries to widespread brain networks. Some experts criticized the study, however, arguing that there was, quote, no proof that any kind of energy source affected the diplomats or even was the cause of the attack in the first place. But they didn't really argue the fact that, hey, there's notable damage to their brain. They're arguing that there was no evidence to say that someone purposely did this to them. So in a 2018 interview, Douglas H. Smith, co-author of the JAMA study that we're talking about, said that microwaves were considered as a main suspect underlying the sort of phenomena, phenomena as in the Havana syndrome, and a 2018 study published by the, in the journal Neural, Compu uh, ugh, Neural Computation, I don't know why I'm like blanking out, uh, by Beatrice Golub, rejected the idea of a sonic attack as the source of the symptoms. Um, which will be contested later on uh, as time develops. A, and she conducted uh, that the facts were consistent with a pulse radio frequency and or microwave radiation, which does get supported later. And it was the cause for the exposure of these sorts of injuries. Golub wrote that, quote, one, the nature of the sounds reported by the diplomats were consistent with sounds caused by pulse radio frequency slash microwave radiation via the Frey effect. Uh, and two, the signs and symptoms reported by the diplomats match symptoms of RFMW, the radio and microwaves, exposures such as problems sleeping, cognitive issues, vision impairment, balance, uh, vertigo, and speech impairment, as well as additional sort of physical injuries such as headaches, sensations of pressure or vibrations, nosebleeds, and brain damage and or swelling. She's also uh, continues on as saying three, oxidative stress provides uh, it provides a documented mechanic or mechanism for the R or radio waves and microwave injuries compatible with the reported signs and symptoms. And then furthermore goes to say that in the past the U.S. Embassy in Moscow was subject to a radio wave attack. Uh, neuroscientist Alan H. Frey, from whom the Frey effect is named, the one we mentioned earlier, considered the microwave theory as a viable conclusion for these symptoms. Some other scientists, including physician, uh, physician, oh my god, I can't pronounce anything today, physician, Peter Zimmerman and uh, bioengineer Kenneth R. Foster, however, disagreed with this conclusion um, and considering the microwave hypothesis as implausible. But again, this is going to be highly contested throughout the years, and ultimately, uh, Golob might be on to something. So a 2018 study published by the Journal of Neurocomputation uh, identified the pulse. Uh, uh, this is the same thing we just said. Okay, I don't know why I copied that twice. Similar though, surprisingly enough, similar accusations, this is what we discussed earlier, uh, reported by the diplomats in Cuba began popping up in U.S. diplomats in China. The first incident reported by an American diplomat in China was on April 2018 in the, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Guangzhou Consulate, apologize for any Chinese listeners out there who might know how to pronounce this better, uh, which is the largest U.S. consulate within the country of China. The employees reported, uh, or I should say the employee reported that he had experienced symptoms since late 2017, very similar to how the Cuban people 
reported in late 2016 and did not hear anything until 2017. So it's essentially the same case of a year gap, really. And several individuals were taken to the United States for medical uh, examination after this original report in China. So at this point in time, uh, as of April 2018, the more credible, I should say, reporting is coming from Cuban diplomats, as well as now Chinese diplomats. And in that one potential case that was dismissed, but we should take into consideration the staffer in uh, Uzbekistan. So, continuing on, answering questions from the House Foreign Affairs Committee on May 23rd of 2018, Secretary of State Mike, Mike Pompeo confirmed that the U.S. diplomatic staff in Guangzhou had reported symptoms very similar to and, quote, extremely consistent with those reported in Cuba. So this time they're actually taking it a bit more seriously. That's like, hey, we're now having people affected in multiple spots. And they're a bit more in the spotlight since it's been already public at this point. Uh, on June 6, 2018, the, United, uh, the New York Times reported that at least two additional U.S. diplomats stationed in the Guangzhou consulate had been evacuated from China. So there's at least three, maybe more individuals who are being affected at this point and reported that, quote, it remains unclear whether the illness uh, or the illnesses are the result of an attack at all. Other theories have concluded that the potential of toxins, listening devices that accidentally emitted harmful sounds, which we just discussed earlier with Dr. Fu, and even mass hysteria as a potential cause for these sort of outbreaks. In June of the same year, 2018, the State Department announced that a task force would be assembled to investigate the reports of sort of investigate the reports and expand their health warnings within mainland China specifically. This is all during more reports coming out of US diplomats being affected in this consulate. And again, they're now experiencing similar brain injuries, uh, so they're taking this way more seriously because people are actually physically having proof that things are bad at this point. Uh, and they're quoted as saying, unusual acute auditory and sensory phenomena accompanied by an unusual sound or piercing noises, not attempt to locate their source, or to say, do not attempt to locate their source. So the, it's like a full out warning, like do not take this lightly. So the task force is now being initiated, and they're heading over to China at this point. And essentially, this sort of wraps up 2018. And we're going to move into 2019, which has a few interesting points and a lot of research, because I think a lot of people are now being able to get their hands on sort of raw data. So we are starting out 2019, pretty much at the top of the year. So in January, biologist Alexander L. Stubbs of the uh, University of California, Berkeley, and Fernando, oh god, it's a long name, a University of Lincoln, <laughs> Jesus, analyzed the recording of the sound made by U.S. personnel in Cuba. Again, this is the sound that allegedly the Associated Press released. I will try to find it as best as I can, but I can't make promises. Um, so Stubbs and uh, the other... Um, professors that were working on this and scientists uh, concluded that the sound was caused by the calling sound of the Indies short-tailed cricket. You heard me right. They concluded that it is the sound of the cricket rather than a sort of technological device. They matched the song's pulse, repetition rate, and power structure, or sorry, power, yeah, power structure. I don't know why my notes are weird. I'm seeing this weird pulse rate stability and the sort of beats per pulse uh they sort of took all this data and they took all this sort of structure of the sound itself from the recording and matched it to the songs of or i should say probably the mating calls of the crickets they are quoted as saying almost or although the cause of the health problems reported in the embassy personnels are beyond the scope of this paper and calls for, quote, or double quote, more rigorous research into the source of the anomalies, including uh, the potential uh, psychogenic effects, again, this being the brain injuries, 
as well as possible psychological explanations unrelated to a sonic attack. So, ultimately, they are concluding that, uh, I should say, concluding in comparison to the 2017 hypothesis that Cuban scientists had at the time, it's sort of building off of that. Scientists in Cuba possibly theorized that Jamaican field crickets could be cause of the sort of strange now uh, recording specifically. And ultimately, Stubbs and his team deduced that it was actually the cricket, not, I guess, the other cricket. It's very weird uh, that that could be a potential culprit. However, again, this is specifically only for the recording that was sort of released out into the public. This is not by any means, and Stubbs' team even reiterated, like, hey, this probably would not cause the health issues, even if it did, like itself would cause uh would cause for more research um no one's really saying that the crickets were the end-all be-all of the health problems that people are having however it could be a potential culprit for these strange sounds that people may have been hearing from time to time especially if it was at a louder louder vibration or amplified in some sense or maybe even it was used in a device but was used with that sound that's sort of where they came to when it comes to this particular bit of research. So one month following these findings and a lot of the reports coming out of this new sort of wave of evidence that comes from the Havana Syndrome, in February, there still remains no knowledge of the cause of the, syndo- uh, of the syndrome. Again, all of these new reports coming out pretty much just stem specifically around the, the, the audio recording, and no one's really able to deduce a sort of end-all cause of the Havana Syndrome. And again, this is February of 2019. The earliest reports that we can find are in 2016. It's pretty much almost three years out at this point. Uh, And specifically, this is making it rather hard for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police to do their own investigation at this time, um, because they don't really have anything to work with. So the Canadian side of the investigations are kind of falling apart in some sense. But in the same year, the government of Canada announced that it would be reducing its embassy staff in Havana as a 14th Canadian diplomat reported symptoms of the Havana syndrome in late December of 2018. So at this point, people are still reporting new cases in Cuba specifically. Furthermore, February, or I should say, furthermore, within February, several Canadian diplomats sued the Canadian government, arguing that it had failed to protect them from, or I should say, failed to protect them and promptly address the serious health concerns that they had. Government, uh, however, has sought to dismiss the suit, arguing in November of the same year, so a little bit later on, that it was not negligent and it did not breach the duties of its employees. Uh, in court filings, the government acknowledged that several of the 14 plaintiffs in the suit suffered from concussion-like syndrome uh, symptoms, but said that no definitive cause or medical diagnosis has been ascertained. So I don't really know what their argument was there, saying that, yeah, you guys are suing us because we didn't protect you properly, we say we didn't protect you properly, but we don't know the cause. I, I don't know. The, the suit ended up not really going anywhere. But it is notable that people are saying, like, hey, we're still suffering from this stuff, and no one's really doing anything. Continuing in November of 2019, a statement from the Global Affairs uh, Canada said, quote, We continue to investigate the potential causes of the unusual health symptoms. Essentially, publicly trying to calm the uh the the masses a little bit um as they try to i guess buy more time to do research and more research would be done as a study commissioned by again the global affairs canada of 23 uh exposed canadian diplomats completed in may of 2019 found quote clinical imaging and biochemical evidence consistent with a hypothesis that overexposure to and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, oh god, chlorine esteres inhibitors, a class of neurotoxin uh, particles, such as uh, pythroids and organ 
organ oh god organophosphates or OPs as the cause of the brain injuries that were noted in earlier studies and research. The embassies and other places in Cuba have been sprayed frequently for anti-Zika virus uh, from the mosquitoes at that time, and the study concluded that this could possibly be a result of this. However, it can't deduce an actual (laughs) reasoning. It's just sort of a potential. And it's an okay thing. It's very much questioned because at that time, it makes sense. The Zika virus was sort of spreading around in that region at that time. So the more recent cases might make sense. 2016, however, it wasn't as heavily done. So it's a bit questionable if this is actually the culprit for the three or so years that people have been reporting new symptoms. The University of Pennsylvania team, uh, which we discussed way earlier during the original 2018 research, is back uh, as of July of 2019. The team had found that compared to the health healthy control group that they were using, the diplomats who had reported injuries had experienced brain trauma. Again, this is something that was noted earlier in the research that people were having issues uh, and injuries similar to that of concussions due to MRI scans that sort of highlighted this. However, in this case, uh, advanced MRI scans were conducted and revealed that, quote, differences in whole brain white matter volume, regional gray and white matter volume, Cerebral, neural, structural integrity, and functional connectivity in the auditory and visuospectral uh, subnetworks. That's the end of the quote. I don't know why they, they quote it like that. So they're essentially they're noting that there's way more damage than actually sort of a sort of found originally. Um, and these advanced MRIs are sort of bringing that to light. Uh, And again, this is in comparison to a control group of individuals who did not experience this at all. However, this study did not find uh, any differences in executive functions, so overall sort of bodily issues. The study concluded that the U.S. government personnel who had been physically injured in uh, in a way consistent with symptoms uh, that they described but exposed no conclusion to the cause or source of the injuries. So ultimately, they didn't find a cause, but they did pretty much definitively say, like, yes, you, this is what happened to you. you we believe you 100%. Like, you're not lying. Your brain is messed up right now. Like, you, we have the proof now 100%. Your brain has been messed up. We just don't know how or why or by whom, if by whom at anyone. The New York Times reported uh, sort of off of this study, outside experts uh, were divided on the study's conclusions. Some saw important new evidence, while others say it is merely a first step towards an explanation and different to, or sort of say, difficult to interpret given the small number of patients. So even now, this new evidence at this point is being highly debated. Again, this is sort of mid to late 2019. It's getting there. I think more people are sort of honing in and coming to sort of set groups of conclusions. Uh, There are still many outliers of individuals who say, yeah, none of this happened. This is all made up. Uh, And you'll see a bit of that soon. However, I think most scientists and most experts have at least come to the conclusion that, yes, people were affected by something. What that something is, whether it be a physical attack by a radio wave or a microwave weapon or some animal sounds that sort of went haywire or maybe just some weird illness, we don't know yet. And that kind of wraps up 2019 at this point as we move into 2020. So 2020 is a year. The New York Times reported in October, uh, this takes a long while before this story really picks up again during this year. So 2020 has been a bit of a year. And the New York Times reported in October of this year, uh, again, this year it took a very long time before anyone really picked up on the story again. Um, I think just mainly due to how sort of chaotic this year has been when it comes to the news cycles and everything. Uh, But as of October of this year, so just a few months back, uh, the New York Times reported that CIA Director Gina Haspel 
and State Department leaders were unconvinced that Russia is responsible or even involved in any regards to an attack occurring on the diplomats. However, many believe that there is a high-level and uh, deliberate cover-up that's being done by the Trump-led State Department after the U.S. Office of Special Counsel's investigation, quote, found a substantial likelihood of no wrongdoing. Or, I'm sorry, uh, sorry, uh, oh god, these sentences are all blurred together. People believe that there's a cover-up due to the Department of uh, the U.S. Office of Special Counsel finding, quote, substantial likelihood of wrongdoing. So, or, yeah, it's just weird. Like, it's very weird. So the CIA director and the State Department leaders, who again are being, I guess, manned by the Trump camp, the Trump administration at this point. Uh, again, this is in October. I don't know the specific specifics because things are just weird right now. They believe that there's like, hey, nothing, nothing weird happened, nothing shady happened with stuff. Uh, even though a lot of people think that the two potential culprits, if an attack were to have taken place, were likely China and or Russia, due to their capabilities and the potential that they would want to attack us. Those two culprits, like these people, just aren't even po- like considering the possibility that Russia could ever be involved with this even though the U.S. Office of Special Counsels did find that, hey, more likely than not, someone did something wrong. Like, this was purposeful in some way. And that sort of threw a wrench into certain things, and a lot of people are now considering the possibility that things are kind of being ignored to some degree and covered up, which I mentioned earlier to hold on to because, again... There were there was at least one person reporting out of Uzbekistan who the State Department again said, eh, no, you're fine, or just ignored the report altogether. Again, uh, the CIA, the State Department, they were not sharing evidence with the FBI and other organizations. They were not sort of disclosing the information that they were providing or or conducting during the 2017-2018 time frame. So it's very rocky when it comes to how the U.S. is currently handling it, but we'll see how it develops. As we mentioned very early on and what sort of spurred this whole discussion, this whole episode, all the research, was as of this month, I believe it was like the 3rd or the 4th of December of 2020, a 19-person committee of medical scientific experts convened by the National Academy of Scientists Engineering and Medicine, as at the request of the State Department, published a consensus study report, an ensemblement of illness and of in U.S. government employees and their families at overseas embassies, based off the review of incidents and injuries. Oh my God, it's a very long title for their stu- uh, for their study and their report, but that's what it is. The report concluded that quote. Overall directed pulse RF, uh, as we mentioned, radio frequency energy, especially in those with the distinct early manifestations, appears to be the most plausible mechanism in explaining these cases among those who have been committed. So, and and then I should specify, yeah, I should specify specifically when they say for those committed, they're not saying everyone affected they're specifically mentioning the people that they did in their study i believe similar to how the other ones were they only did like 20 21 people but of those people they've all come to the conclusion that their injuries are most likely the cause of a radio frequency of some sort so okay And to continue that on, uh, the 2020 National Academy studies found that it was unlikely that acute high-level exposure to OPs, which we mentioned earlier, and or thyroid exposures or uh, thyroid contributes to the illnesses that were uh, seen in those within the study. Uh, This is due to the lack of evidence of exposure of these pesticides or particles, 
as well as the little consistency of any potential exposure. So again, this is during the whole Zika virus thing, uh, the potential that, hey, maybe the pesticides and the sprays that were being used may be the cause of why people are getting sick. However, now this new study is saying like, hey, it's not like we're not seeing that at all we're not seeing any evidence of this really happening this level of high level exposure is just not what is happening here the 2020 national academy study found it again highly unlikely that an infectious disease such as the zika virus uh which again was an a, sort of an epidemic at the time frame of this happening could cause these illnesses so not only now being the pesticides are being thrown out as a, as a potential for these illnesses, but the virus that the pesticides are for uh, is being thrown out as well. Like people are just like crossing things off the chalkboard left and right. So the 2020 National uh, Academy studies, although proposing that a targeted microwave attack is the most likely culprit with their studies, which we just mentioned, it also reiterates uh, which earlier studies also did do as well that it is far from a conclusive piece of evidence they don't know this is them saying hey out of all of the possibilities that we've looked into we've looked into medical we've looked into psychological we've looked into you know maybe something happening with the environment that sort of stuff like all these possible conclusions that they've come up with this is them saying that targeted radio wave or microwave frequencies are conclusively the most likely culprit for these injuries. They're not saying that it is the culprit or that this does explain everything. They're saying that statistically speaking, this is the most likely outcome of what is going on. And sort of, again, to branch off of this and wrap things up a little bit uh some brief theories as to the culprits of this uh specifically now that we've come to the conclusion that more likely than not in some way or another radio waves and microwaves were involved um so a lot of these theories stem around that okay so several u.s state department employees who consider themselves victims and some senior cia russian analysts as well as some outside scientists, believe that Russia is the most likely culprit. So, that's notable, because, like I said earlier, the CIA director and heads of the State Department were saying that, hey, Russia's not involved, Russia's not here, they, they didn't do anything, nothing's wrong. However, people in the department, people within the agency, those who are affected personally... Uh, are saying otherwise. Uh, they think that Russia is most likely the cause of all of this going on. Russia has been accused by the U.S. State Department for using directed microwaves in the past, as we mentioned before. During the Cold War, the U.S. accused Russia of directing a microwave signal at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. And in 2014, NSA report... Uh, raised suspicions that Russia used an energy weapon to bathe a target's living quarters in microwaves, uh, end quote, to cause nervous symptom disease, uh, or nervous sy system disease, essentially, again, targeting their brain, targeting their nerves, all that stuff, which we are seeing in people in Cuba. The purported targets of the 2016 to 2018 events and attacks include undercover CIA agents who were working uh, on ways to counter Russia covert operations, which we mentioned earlier, way earlier, that people in Russia and in that area, potentially the Uzbekistan guy too, were also being affected. Also, the U.S. diplomats stationed in China, as well as Cuba, who reported ailments, were working to increase cooperation with these countries. So, some believe that, the, or I should say, some CIA analysts suspect that Russia was trying to disrupt this activity, that they did not want us to have a firmer diplomatic relation to Cuba as well as China and sort of slip their relation from Russia away from them. Um, it's still very much up in the air, and that kind of wraps up what a lot of this was being discussed with, all the evidence and everything. 
it's very much up in the air as to who is actually the culprit. Again, more likely than not, it is Russia. However, a lot of people also theorize that potentially China might be involved. There's some very, very vague ideas that maybe Iran is as well, but that's like so, so, so lowballed, um, like that no one ever talks about it. There was like one mention. Like it's very much likely either China or Russia more heavily into the Russia side of things. However, our government heads don't seem to agree with that. However, the people affected, the people who work underneath them, think so. So it's very odd. Um, I don't really have a conclusive sort of theory as to what's going on. I think it is probably more likely that it was some sort of weird frequency thing, whether or not it was an attack or just some strange phenomenon that happens in nature. I don't know, but it is interesting, and I thought it was interesting to talk about, especially now that there's more recent news of the discovery out there. Uh, I would definitely like to stay on top of this, so if there's any new evidence that comes out, I will try to put it in the show note links, but if you want to definitely have the new evidence that comes out, uh, be sure to check out the Patreon, because I'm going to be posting uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes and sort of episode follow-up information uh, as of recently, I've been doing that, but if new evidence stuff pops up, I don't really do follow-up episodes, so anything that might pop up in relation to this episode or relation to this story will be posted over on Patreon for you guys to find. A lot of them will be uh, free for you to look at. Um, if I do do a discussion, I will probably uh, hold it behind one of the tier lists, which is $1, 3 and $5.00. But you pretty much get a lot of stuff when it comes to that uh, bonus episodes, polls, behind-the-scenes content, as well as little mini-series stuff that I'm working on. So definitely check that out if you are interested. Uh, I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. And if you want to sort of give any feedback or anything, uh, leaving a review over on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts would be very appreciated. And if you want to sort of be a part of the discussion or voice your opinion or voice uh, some interest in a different topic, check me out over on Twitter, Instagram, or my email at realmofunknown. Uh, specific, uh, specifically, the email is realmofunknown at gmail.com. But I'm Realm of Unknown pretty much everywhere on all platforms. So be sure to check that out. I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. And hopefully you found it interesting as to sort of a modern-day mystery of sorts. Um, hopefully we come to a conclusion as to what's going on. But we'll see where that goes from there. But until then, I hope you guys enjoyed. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode. And remember to stay spooky. Spooky.